It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Hi there, Mike Shope, Ed McCrotworst, The Deep End, August 8th, 2023. We've got a fun announcement later on. The first Deep End Invitational tournament is coming up in less than two weeks, actually, is when it starts. We've got the divisions and the draft order. It's crazy. I can't even wait to talk about that. But I'm also excited to talk to Matt Kelly, the podfather. We'll get a feel for like his career, which you're probably well aware of, and some big events going on in uh, with camp well underway, preseason underway in fantasy football right now. Thanks for watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you being with us tonight. Let's go. Mike and Adam and Matt here on The Deep End. What a night. Uh, Deep End Invitational night. Matt Kelly, the podfather on the on, on the show. I mean, the excitement, the testosterone is through the roof tonight. <laughs> testosterone, yeah. We're I'm getting up there in age, man. I got to make sure I'm, <laughs> uh, you know, I got enough testosterone pumping through my veins here. Again, it is August eighth, and I'm in a jacket, so it's a cool <laughs> enough day in Western New York where it's almost cold in my basement. I think I'm sure, especially with Matt here, things will heat up. Uh, very soon and we'll lose the jacket but yeah let's heat you up buddy <laughs> very very excited pod father i did your show and in the middle of it i had to move so i was at at work at at wgr in buffalo and it might have been like a holiday monday or something and guys came in usually the bills program and host the show before mine and on this day they were off so guys come in like hey what's going on and i just carried my computer and my screen out of the room and we uh we went on from there. So um, sorry about that, man. We, we, we had a great show. We only yeah. focus on the positives around here. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I like it. Show. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to sort of learn more about you. I've known a lot about you for a long time, but I want to talk about things that are going on in fantasy. Let's do a couple of those first. It's been an interesting day with Kareem Hunt, for one. We thought he was mm. going to New Orleans and then maybe Indianapolis got him on the phone or something when he was about ready to sign and we have more money for you. I wonder what this means for Jonathan Taylor, Podfather. Like, I don't think it means a lot for Kareem Hunt unless they're sort of writing Taylor off. And if they are, Kareem Hunt very well could be their starter week one. I don't know. I don't think that's 
really I mean, really? Really? It's hard for me to get my head around no Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. That would be weird. I just think that'd be very weird. I think what happened was <laughs> this this sounds crazy, but I think we give front offices way too much credit for knowing who's even available. <laughs> I think what happened was someone in Indianapolis realized, oh, wait, Kareem Hunt's a free agent. <laughs> we should call him. They saw the Shepard's like, wait, 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 free, wait he's, not, he's not on the Browns anymore? Wait, we should get, yeah. So I think that's what happened. I really think that it, suddenly everyone's like, yeah, I guess, well, he's still in football shape. That's good. And he he had a good interview with them. He, he you know wasn't showing off any of his knucklehead tendencies. Maybe we should bring him in. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't know why Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, why they're still free agents. I don't know. But the Colts did lose Zach Moss. Didn't he get hurt? Yeah, so it this feels like a Zach Moss injury replacement. This doesn't feel like an if you put the the tweets from Jim Irsay and Jonathan Taylor's agent off to the side. If you didn't have that noise, this would just be a straight up. Zach Moss replacement. But with what, that what, noise, suddenly it's like, oh, this could be a big deal. This could be Kareem Hunt is you know, relevant again. But uh, Kareem Hunt's efficiency nosedived last year, just like Leonard Fournette's and just like Ezekiel Elliott's. And it's not coming back. Spoiler alert with these, with these you know, late 20s running backs. So I, I just think that's what it is. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I just, Continue to take the discount on Jonathan Taylor. Billy Muzio and I were drafting uh, at the FFPC a few nights ago, and Jonathan Taylor fell to us at the 301. We intentionally did not draft him at the 212. We intentionally drafted him at the 301 <laughs> to push his ADP down even further. But he's going to become a third-round pick again, and it's, it's just going to be – this was the number one overall pick in fantasy last year. So I'm happy to take the discount because – He's going to play. This is his only option. He, they, he has no leverage. There's nothing he can do. They, all he can do is hurt his chances of making more money by not playing and doing this like a game of chicken with the front office. He has no leverage, and, and all, it's, all he's doing is acting out at this point, whereas a guy like Tony Pollard's like, yeah, I got no leverage. I'm signing the the the, the franchise tag i'm done let's move on let's play football i'm gonna do the best i can and earn whatever my next contract's gonna be that's that's the attitude these running backs have to have travis Etienne has a great attitude about this travis Etienne's about to be in the situation next year with Najee harris and and he said well i think it's on us as running backs knowing this is a passing league to become better receivers and I was like, whoa, that was really self-aware and uh, correct. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, among a few points I want to make, one thing I'm thinking is throw me the ball. Let's find out. Um, I mean, if the, the, it's Ursay, so maybe if the Colts are not supremely incompetent, they would have known Moss got hurt like two weeks ago. Like they should have been on top of that then in the same way the Saints seemed to be in bringing him in. Well, that was only yesterday. I don't know, Adam. Like I, I'm with Podfather. Yeah, when was Camara suspended? Camara suspended a week ago. Yeah, the three games were relatively recent. I am also like sort of on board with Taylor plays. I just feel like Ursay is so crazy that he he's old. Like he wants to win. His father just moved the team in the middle of the night. 
and he's raked over the coals all the time. He's not going to let Jonathan Taylor or anyone else, any other player, push him around. If Taylor threatens a trade, and he goes right on Twitter like, no, and, you know, maybe he didn't know who Kareem Hunt was, or maybe that all happened that way. I just think they don't have – if any running back has leverage in this market, it's Taylor. He is great. He is young. He is under contract. It's not Derrick Henry. It's definitely not Dobbins or Jacobs. It's somebody who, if anybody has a play and Moss gets hurt on top of that, who's next? So, very, I mean, it's like heating up with those two. I mean, Adam, what are you doing with Taylor? And what do you think of Hunt, like if you're drafting tonight? Yeah, no, I'll give you the, I enjoy a lot of everything you guys just said. I'll give you the, everyone the cliff notes or the spark notes real quick. Uh, I, I completely agree. Buy the dip on Taylor, Matt. Buy, take him in the third round uh, a bunch. Um, for, That's for where couple, he's going to be going. Yeah, and for, for a couple of reasons. One is, if, especially if you're doing like underdog drafts, these big tournaments where people have been taking Taylor at the one-two turn, mid-second, or you know, late second, you want to build teams that don't have Taylor in the, th- in the third round, right? Now, you're, now I'm adding Chris Olave and Tony Pollard to my Jonathan Taylor team. So that's why you buy Jonathan Taylor in the third round. Also, I agree, like, He's got like who doesn't play Le- Le'Veon Bell, like everyone else plays. It always ends up happening. So I I love the buy and the dip there. I think he's going to play, and I don't even care who he plays for. Honestly, I mean I prefer. I guess I think I would prefer he played for the Colts, but he might he could let, be traded to some team where he it's a better fit for him if a running back comes back in return or something. So uh, I like buying the dip on the, the the dip on JT. Is there a team that comes to mind that you think? would give Indianapolis a second or a third just to do it, to big, to get the upgrade? Would Kansas City, like, who is a team that might sort of bite here, Matt? Anybody come to mind Doesn't have any leverage, I'm telling you. you. It seems like if there was a running back that had, you know, multiple 2,000-yard seasons in college, you know, inexplicably slipped into the second round of all the running backs that you would think would go in the first round over the last few years, it would have been Jonathan Taylor given his Wisconsin resume, but he didn't. I don't know why he's been great for the Colts. He's been the, their, their whole team identities revolved around him. So you would think that he'd be able to say, Hey, I'm helping you win and lose games, right? Like you mm. without me, we're worse. You need, you need to, we, let's work out an extension here. Let's get something done. Right. I have some leverage here. I'm a valuable piece. And so many of these NFL teams are saying. Zeke and Hunt and Fournette are out there and we the the analytics people are whispering in our ear that running backs don't matter. They don't help us win games. Eventually, this is also going to lead to teams starting to call fewer run plays. So that's been happening. But I think that that trend is actually going to speed up. As you see, some of these some of some of these draft picks also are clear analytics picks where it's almost it's almost too analytical. It's like, wait a second, Luke Shoemaker in the second round, like, okay, what? Do you, what, Jerry? What are you doing? Uh, excuse me, you know. So some, I think that w- there may be a jumping of the shark with analytics with the NFL, just like there was in baseball a few years back, and it would it hurts the running back because they're going to they're going to get trampled in the process and they're going to look up and be like I thought at least they would have a conversation with me but no they're they literally are ready to move on like 
look look at the look at the Browns. The Browns didn't bring in anyone for a workout after Jerome Ford tweaks his hamstring. The fact that they were even going into the season with Felton as their number three running back, and then Kelly, Kelly is still around, right? I mean, he's actually suddenly like John Kelly. John Kelly's like, hey, we're interested. John Kelly from uh, Tennessee. We're like, hey, John. I remember when John Kelly was like a sleeper in rookie drafts. Rams, right? Me too. With the Rams, exactly. We're the same age. So I remember exactly. (laughs) We're old enough. So. (laughs) <laughs> that these teams are just like, yeah, if Chubb goes down, like, you know, we're just going to throw the ball more. And it's okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll get, we'll sign a guy. We're not, we're not that worried about it. Man, like Davius know, Murray will come available. Somebody, whatever, Matt, not a big Matt, deal. Let's just, let's just fantasize that this is a fantasy situation. I'm Indianapolis. I'm put off by this guy because I'm old and just in space. I'm calling everybody. And I'm getting some, it's 31 other teams. Minnesota disgruntled with their backups behind Madison, who you and I believe kind of isn't good at all. The other nobody, nobody's showing one year it's of Jonathan current, Taylor. Well, it's one plus, but if I ha, I'm like plus 200 to win a one division, one year of Jonathan Taylor, then I have to pay him. Listen, it's a third round pick. What is, what is Indianapolis going to take? They want to make a point, they're trying to make a point. I want to see want, it. I want to see it, man. I got to see it to believe it. I mean, the, no, the fact I, of the it, matter is, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. John Robinson did go in the, the top ten, so there are still some teams out there that value running backs. And who, Jameer Gibbs was probably drafted more as a hybrid player, so that doesn't really count. So again, there is an appetite out there for running backs. Don't <sighs> don't we want to be contrarian? Like you, if you're in a twelve team league and everybody else is drafting receivers, you jump into underdog. And everybody's taking receivers. Okay, I'll take Henry and Pollard if it falls to me. Like I want to be different. I think the Minnesota guy could be like Minnesota. Minnesota is is uh, I think incredibly impressively self aware. You saw what they did in the draft. Instead of moving up, instead of spending up on and on free agents that they didn't need or were overpriced, instead of buying. You know, drinking their own Kool Aid last year, they're twelve and four, twelve and five Kool Aid. What they thirteen and four? What were they? Thirteen and four, right? So yeah, they weren't twelve and five. They were better than that. They were even better than that. They were negative point differential, but they were negative point differential. They were buying their own Kool Aid, dude. That's like the first time I've ever seen in a while where they were like, no, 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 we're not that good. In fact, we're we're gonna actually trade back in the draft. We're gonna shed, you know, Dalvin Cook. We're gonna shed big contracts. And we're actually going to rebuild on the fly, knowing that we weren't ready to win last year. And, you know, we were a fraudulent, the most fraudulent 13 and 14 maybe ever. And uh, so they're doing the same thing. They're like, we're going to let Dalvin Cook go and not backfill him. And now there's this this glut of Dalvin Cook is still out there. Well, his thing was money. You know, the jacket's coming off. Adam, settle this. At some point, at some point, the arguably best running back in the league becomes of value. He's going to have to report, and he's going to play for the Colts. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. Unless they trade him first. Uh, (laughs) I don't know who's going to pay anything for this guy. Listen, uh, it could be, it's, I, Matt wins. He's playing for the Colts, but if he doesn't go to the Colts, the Rams would be fun. 
the Dolphins. Oh my goodness! The, the Dolphins are in on everybody, right? The Dolphins running back. That'd be that. That'd be fun. But the Rams hate draft picks. That's <laughs> right. Well, come on, somebody I, gets somebody gets lit tonight or tomorrow and makes a move. Like it's not out of. The, no, listen, I, I, we have I will to give you word. somebody. Let, 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 let me look. Let me look. I'm going to look around. I'm going to look around at these teams. I'm going to think it through. There are teams. There are teams. There are teams. You know the best one. You know the best one. A win now team. They they need to push the button this year. They are arguably the most talented roster up and down, unit by unit, in the NFL. They've got a bunch of aging skill position players. They've got a quarterback that was on a rookie contract, but is still a value for this year. And this would be the ultimate complimentary piece and the best backfield in the NFL if the Chargers were to go ahead and go after Jonathan Taylor. It would be awful for everyone that drafted Austin Eckler, but for real football, that would be awesome. I have been waiting for the Chargers to sign anybody this whole time. I can't even get a rumor out of them. This is going to be awkward or wonderful, or maybe sometimes awkward is wonderful. We need to take a minute here, Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst with the podfather, Matt Kelly, and get a word in from our sponsor. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember, Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. I I got another one for you. I got another one. Give it to us. The Cowboys. There you go. Cowboys. Now, again... We love Austin Eckler for fantasy because as a satellite back that is also used in the red zone, that's what Tony Pollard's going to be. Guy that's a, a target magnet that's also scoring touchdowns. That's fantasy like Valhalla. <laughs> but in real life, NFL coaches don't want to feed Tony Pollard a 70% opportunity share, and they hated doing it with Austin Eckler, and even Austin Eckler complained about it. They know Listen, it's not the right thing to do. They know what would be great. These teams aspire to have a thunder and lightning. So that and, and the the Chargers are middle of the pack in cap space with twelve million. Uh, Cowboys are near the top of the league. They have twenty million of cap space. What? They, you 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 they know, might have burn here. They they're trying to win a championship this year. We can't do this all night. But do you know when Jonathan Taylor gains leverage is when there's 16 preseason games this weekend and somebody goes down or right. he waits another week and it happens next week. That's what Elliot and Fournette are waiting for is one injury. Dobbins isn't in Jacobs isn't in who knows what their like their long-term plans are. Like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm on the beach. I've made money. I don't want to get hit in the head 50 more times. Like 
there could be tipping points along the way. Like if, if Tampa Bay is somehow not terrible, like then they make somebody makes that move eventually. It depends on how all the chess pieces want to go. Are you ready for a couple of questions about yourself? I will, but I just want to say for Jonathan Taylor's sake, he better not set out any games because that is only going to hurt him. It's going to hurt his future earnings. It's going to hurt his career production. His whole, his, it's going to hurt everything, his future sponsorships, everything. The last thing he should be thinking about doing is sitting out games. If he, he could try to go for a trade and go right up to the last minute, brinksmanship up to the very last moment, but he didn't play week one. He's got to do it. Le'Veon Bell is the one Adam mentioned it. Like he sat the whole year. Did he not do okay? He he signed like a $35 million. He got paid. He he made it. He was bad after that, but I don't think I would call what his gambit was a failure. And he went the whole year. Like Taylor can go to week 10 and still come back and get accrued and have it count if he chooses to do that. That was Bell's choice. Like that's that, all within I, Taylor's control if he makes it that far. That was a different era of running back valuations. A lot's changed in the last three or four That's years. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Like maybe there's, somebody's there's no not way. ready to pay. There's no way he does that. It, it, it is like, you know, getting his wallet stolen by, you know, uh, female thieves on jet skis. Well, there's no way he gets away with that. Maybe it, he's it not deranged. To the league with, at, at full value. There's no way. But he's younger. It's not the same situation on the other side either because he's younger than, than how old is Jonathan Taylor, 23, like Bell was well into his career at that point. And so the Jets paid him anyway. This is not, but this is not a, he's not Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley. This is not a guy that's refusing to sign the franchise tag. He's under contract. That's right. The fines are already piling up for him. He has to, all he has to do is show up. But actually I should say, no, that's not true. The fines aren't piling up because no. he and Dobbins are doing the thing that also, I think, loses them respect around the league, that they're faking an injury so they don't have to pay the fines. But the Colts have granted him permission to leave. Like the Colts, that's how why I feel like actually we haven't talked like this. It's been fun. It's been a good, it's been a good game. I feel like the Colts have softened a little bit. And I don't know if they're actually gonna use Hunt as leverage against him or what, but they've let him, you know leave here uh today with the ankle thing anyway based on but based on the collective bargaining rules he is gonna be he should be fined whatever it is like thousands of dollars every day but we're not there but we're not there because he's injured and they're not putting him on nfi so right for for at least to and this dobbins point, is doing the same thing dobbins is there every day just like taylor has been there every day and who knows what the Dobbins thing standing around? It's yeah. a Adam, hold in. Please, it's a Adam. fake injury hold in. It's a fake injury hold in. That's what they're Dobbins. doing. That, that that's the thing. When you sign a ridiculous and absurd collective bargaining agreement that both sides know is unfair, this is what has to happen. Everyone has to do winks and nods to get around it. But Taylor did just have a procedure recently. Like Dobbins, who knows? Dobbins got hurt two years ago. Like Taylor got something and he got an injection or some sort of procedure last week. Adam, I need you to sort of say weigh in, please. Can I do can I do a fake injury holding in my job with winks and nods and not 
and just show up to work and stand there. That, that sounds incredible. It's because oh. it's, it's just because it's become a, it really has become absurd. The running back position has become very weird and absurd. And I think the most actionable thing that you can take away from the last month is running back valuations in dynasty are going down because yeah. you can't have this kind of volatility every summer with some of the most you know, high-priced premium assets in Dynasty, their relative value to receivers is going down. That's a fact, and I agree with it because I don't want to deal with it either. No one does. All this Two uncertainty things. when guys are 23 years old and there's already uncertainty hanging over them for their careers? No way, man. Give me the receiver but, at that same valuation. I, I agree on the surface. Two things, though, I would say to that. One is... We're at a tipping point with the guys on the second contracts have aged out and they're all sitting on the market. Elliot, Fournette, Hunt, et cetera, Melvin Gordon. Right now, there's always a shift and we're at a point where the older guys are aging out and we're asking questions about them. The other is the NFL is all about ebbs and flows. Okay, let's throw the ball on every play because it's more efficient. Actually, we're going to play too high shell and just you know make you run it. And it's always been like this where you have to sort of figure out what the next move is, why we love it. It's a beautiful game. So I do think it is. I think the next sort of shift in this is, okay, well, we have Taylor and Gibbs maybe and Bijan, whoever else. It could be next year there could be a wave of running backs we like. Who knows how this year's guys will turn out. Kendra Miller, these guys. And maybe next year the the landscape looks different. So I don't know. Like I've I've made the mistake many times of assuming it's going in one direction and it will never move, and it always moves. Even last year in terms of Josh Allen, Mahomes throwing the ball deep, it was harder. So I'm sort of conflating two points, but I know I know Adam and I had questions about I haven't about seen you. multiple injury hold, fake injury hold-ins before. This is a new one for me. Yes. I don't like it. Matt. Matt. If I may call you, if I may call you Matt. <laughs> I... When I meet guys like yourself, I want to sort of know how you see the whole board in terms of fantasy football and podcasting. Sure. And so, and I admire you. Like anybody who writes, I, you know, don't draft B. John Robinson, sort of strong takes. You write, you're, you describe yourself as a wrestling heel, you know, a little bit. That's a guy I look up to. I used to be that way in radio and I'm not anymore because now I want to play it safer. So I'm too deferential anymore. Um, so how do you see the future at this point? Underdog is has blasted off. There's so many people playing best ball. Everybody wants in this space. It's sort of a like a greater game of tug of war maybe at this point. I don't want to speak for you. I want to know how you sort of see the landscape right now. Well, something's got to be next. Uh, something's got to come after underdog. Underdog can't be the last cool thing that happens to fantasy football. Right. So, uh, right. I mean, so... I love it, but it can't be all that's left. The problem that we have right now, the reason we're in an, in an uh, innovation lull in the space is twofold. Number one, everyone is using fantasy, or I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of entrepreneurs are using fantasy as a cheat code to get as close to gambling as possible without being gambling because becoming a gambling site is really hard to do. And even if you get there, you go bankrupt anyway, right? So congratulations, you're licensed and you have a gambling app and you're bankrupt, right? <laughs> like you can't acquire any customers, it's impossible. So 
well, what's the cheat code? Oh, let's become a fantasy site. Let's go right up to the line, right? So the problem is when you're thinking about the ideation process of creating a new game, okay, let's say you wanted to create a new fantasy game. Most people that are thinking about building a company, building a new app, building something interesting, building a new platform, their starting point is going to be, well, let me get right up to the line of what is gambling. And then me, let me let me just move back slightly towards fantasy. And then this is how you get 500 iterations of prize picks. <laughs> OK, or or, you know, different versions of uh, DraftKings. Right. When I when I see in the last few years. New platforms launch that are very similar to DraftKings. I'm like, well, DraftKings is already established, and you're not going to compete in a with a, D, a new DFS game that's very similar to DraftKings. So that's not going to happen. And if you really want to get into the Pick'em game, I mean, Underdog rules the Pick'em game with prize picks, and then there's some other players involved. And I know that there's there's some interesting games you can get into there and. Um, and there are some that have interesting, cool angles, and, and we're actually going to be working with some of them this fall uh, around the pick'em space. But it's very competitive, and you got to be really creative. Uh, and then the other, the other thing is, if you wanted to go into pick'ems, actually to develop a pick'em app or develop some kind of app that's like this guy or this guy, that is, from a technical standpoint, significantly easier to build, develop, and deploy than an actual fantasy app. Anyone that rolls out, builds, and launches a fantasy app where all 12 people are synchronized and they're drafting at once and one person can drop out and they can log back in and they can re-enter the draft room and everything syncs up and you can do it all on your phone. That is actually technically very challenging to do. And so there's a reason why it was ESPN and Yahoo had an app for a while right that where you could draft you know live draft 12 people and then the ffpc rolls out an app and then a couple others have rolled out apps of course underdog right they knocked it out of the park it's not easy what they did and so one of the reasons why the two reasons why i believe there hasn't really been any challenge to underdog is that's a very technically difficult thing to build what they did and the execution they did was phenomenal. And most people are not trying to get into the season-long fantasy space. They're trying to get into the right. daily DFS, pick them, prop, whatever you want to call it space. And so there is this, there's this void of new, innovative, season-long gaming that is is a function of the last three years there's been this gold rush in this one direction and a lack of appreciation for what i think is a super vital area of fantasy football that is underserved which is the season-long gaming there's so many different formats that people love that could be brought to a more mass audience that could be more mainstream and accessible that I think that's what we're going to see in the next few years. We're going to see snaps come out that are that we're given the success of best ball, right? 
best ball. I know that a big part of underdogs business is also the pickums, but if, if you just wanted to be as successful as underdog and, and forget the pickum business and just be the, 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 you know, the season long best ball business, that's a great business too. Right. So I believe that there is going to be, and also it takes a long time to develop new apps and games. So the people that are like, oh, look at all the success Underdog is having. Well, that's been happening in the last two years, right? So the Underdog launched in 2020. And then those of us like that, you know, are deep in the industry, knew all about it in 2020, started to see that they were really taken off in 2021. But then in 2022 and 2023, the thing became mainstream, right? So it's basically been a year that anyone that identified uh, underdog as a giant success that they wanted to replicate or, or emulate, I should say, they've mm -hmm. only here to, to go fundraise and build something. So I believe we're still a couple of years out maybe from some more season long innovation coming to the space on the heels of all the success that underdog is having. It is anytime you have that much success, you're going to inspire people to emulate what you're doing at least not maybe the the precise format but like just the idea that oh no actually you don't need to do everything daily fantasy it doesn't have to be pure dfs there is there is a business model that you can build around allowing people to draft during the summer and then not pay them out until you know january or february mm -hmm. There's one interesting element of that is that you can now, given interest rates, monetize the float more, right? Before, when interest rates were none, you as a business, it was a real liability to hold on to that money for the entire football season. But now you have these escrow accounts where you can get 4% on your money. So now the float is actually an asset. It's not. It's not. It's not as it's seen as a liability to have to hold on to that money and not and not allow it to work for you for all that time. Sounds like Underdog has put only six men in the box, and it's time <laughs> to start to run the ball, Matt. That's what it sounds like. It's time to start to run the ball. Somebody's going to come up here and run the uh, trade for Jonathan Taylor and run the ball. Super smart. Loved listening to all of that. Adam? Well, yeah, the, the, the problem is, though, Underdog is such a great executor and such a great marketer that if you like there and there are other best ball options. It's just that, I mean, it's it's such not a as pretty. Well, it's such a well run uh, technology and such a well run. It's such a well uh, constructed technology, and such a well run business. Right. That if you're drafters or DraftKings, DraftKings has a the big DraftKings, big DraftKings, they have best ball. But they have best ball, but it's not as good. Not as and good. And the drafts take forever to fill. Right. And so nobody plays there. Right. And and, uh, and underdog has used the right people to sort of push here. Like I talked to Adam, and Adam, I really want you to talk next. I had Adam on my WGR show recently and brought up sort of the same question. What do you think the future is? And Adam's like, I, I think this was you. You said, as popular as it is, if I asked all my friends, none of them has heard of it. Yeah, that, that was me. I was that was the that was what I was gonna say. I, I want to 
Uh, I've been on WGR a couple times with a couple different hosts, and they all agree. Like they're always talking about it. Sneaky Joe's talking about it, and his friends don't know about. I feel like I want to be on one of those late night talk shows where I used to hit the streets and ask questions. You know, hey, who was the first president of the United States? And nobody know. Like I want to be like, hey, do you play underdog? What do you mean? You know, how do you not play underdog? Like, uh, I agree. Uh, as popular as underdog is, and as successful as it is, it's still has only scratched the surface of what it could of what it can do and like you said matt what other companies can do as well other other business models 75 million fantasy gamers in the united states yeah that they play in one league you're right a lot of them have not yet heard about underdog that's why underdog like they started with the best value advertising campaigns which is you know engaging with influencers and having influencers set up drafts and having their followers and their subscribers join these drafts. That's the best way to, you know, to introduce new people to your platform. Eventually, once all the influencers and all the, you know, all the people that are the industry insiders, once all, all of them and their audience members are signed up, then you actually have to leave the bubble. Uh, like the friendly confines mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like the the hardcore gamers that are going to be predisposed to love your app. At that point, as a marketer, you've got to go out and you've got to start running actual like television ads. You've got to start to try to reach my dad. You know, you've got to start to try to reach everybody that plays fantasy that's not on Twitter, that doesn't listen to podcasts. And there's still a lot of those people out there, right? So it's it, they're like. You could see Does, that they're they're in that yeah. phase now, and it's an exciting time because there's there's still yet a whole nother level of of uh, of audience out there. But the beauty is, the beauty is that if you already have a media ecosystem built, and what Underdog's doing, which is also smart, is that they're they're building out their media while they're building out their platform. Right? They're not just saying, "Hey, we're a tech company," you know, and DraftKings and FanDuel have finally started to do this in a, in a in a meaningful way, but it took them way too long to really build out their their media arm. They would have Pat Mayo, and then that was it. And I'm like, Pat Mayo is a success for you, DraftKings. Why don't you just why don't you should be you should try to find five Pat Mayos? What's taking you so long, right? Underdogs already getting out ahead of that uh, with Josh Norris and all, and 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 they're just adding more and more talent, which is really smart. Uh, because then that feeds in, in feeds in on itself. It's like you can monetize the media, but then you're also driving traffic to your app, which is the core of the content of your media. It's it's a it's a beautiful sort of flywheel effect, a positive feedback loop that that creates. And the beauty is, if you do f- have an idea for a new, like say, let's say, season long contest, uh, a new format. Like a, like I said, not best ball, but something else, right? Right. There is going to be something else that is invented at some point. The nice thing is you could get, you can get a lot of high value players early in the process because a lot of them are on Twitter and they're talking and the network effects and they're subscribed to a lot of the same podcasts. So you can get in front of a lot of the high value high volume players uh you know early and that was one that's you know one of the things that we think is important at player profiler 
is that we we really want to make sure that we're putting out a lot of content around high stakes because high stakes players they don't just play high stakes they play best ball they play low stakes high stakes they just want to play fantasy all the time they're high volume players they love the sport they love the game you know for all the right reasons so you need to have let's say tight end premium rankings and you need to have you know uh scott fishbowl rankings live drafts yeah you need to do live drafts where you're you're doing live ffpc drafts you do you know ff F, uh, F, F, uh, ffwc and F, nffc and all these things like you need to uh, uh find these people that are that are real serious fantasy gamers and make sure you're providing them with content and then that will have a lot of knock-on effects down the road where you just talked about your friends or people that you're connected with and then you and then these serious people like adam introduce others in their network to cool stuff so you really it's a really valuable person to have uh, a, a mike or an adam in your audience and so that's one of the things that billy and theo and a lot of us at player profiler um, we want to have uh, it's it's a it's a delicate balance of you want to have a lot of content that gives people the ability to tune in and 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 interact live, you know, whether it's eight o'clock at night or noon or whatever, right? But also, it has to be of a certain quality, right? And so that there's a real tension point there where there are people that have have approached us about doing shows, and we're just like you know what, I just don't think it's a fit. You know, I yeah. just, I, 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 you know, but when someone comes along that has like, you know, is good in front of the microphone and has like a, you know, high stakes bona fides, that's, that's and, and this mask. That's right. That mask, like, here's a great example of a show, like first and 15. Oh, is a new, is a new show. Love it. Right. Uh, a Beeb and his friends are some of the best high stakes players in the world and they get together and they do a show all in the same location with a bunch of microphones and it's awesome it's unlike anything else we have and the but the key is these guys are super sharp right they're super sharp and they're great com at communicating their strategies and their opinions and so that to me is a no brainer to 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 make sure that we we are doing everything we can to support them, help them produce the show, um, and 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 that's a, a good example of uh, of a new show that I'm really proud of. Okay, so uh, quickly, I just want to say, Adam, I think we just got invited to the board meeting, and we're, we just sat in in the board meeting. Yeah, Matt, I'm going to give you one minute to answer this question. After one minute, I'm muting you. I've got a timer running. Who is in the picture over your left shoulder? My left shoulder. Okay. So that is Nate Liss and no. the underdog logo. Nate Liss and the underdog. The picture in the frame. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this. Uh, is that Grandpa Pod? No, that that is the uh, that is the original Texas Ranger. I don't know who that is. Toby Hera. Yeah, that that is the original Texas Ranger, my friend. Okay. Like yeah. Walker? He, like he's, Walker, uh, he's Texas one, he, yeah, Walker, he, Texas Ranger no, is no, not he, the original. He was a later on Texas Ranger, but right, he was he not is, the original. Uh, he is one of he is one of the great badasses in the history of the United States. Okay, I Perfect. accept that. 
I never would have guessed not, that. You're not on mute. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, I thought Matt. you were. I thought you were pointing at my uh, my my Bay painting. No, we no. Don't Next time we'll ask you about the other pic. I, I wanted to know who the guy with the because I've got my uncle Cliff here and baseball cards and some old timey pictures that sometimes make an appearance, and I I thought uh, we could go around and around on that, but it's late anyway. We only have until ten Eastern. That's a, we're oh we're only doing an hour. Well, it's it's, it's different than your show. It's uh, you know the kids are up and the whole thing, <laughs> and we also have to give the draft positions for the. Deep end invitational. So it is our honor to have you with us for this. If you want to leave, it's cool. Like I wouldn't at all insist that you stay. Matt's in it, right? You're in the tournament. And so here is the deal. The last two years. Oh, well, by the way, sorry, I didn't give his name. It's John Coffee Hayes. John Coffee, C-O-F-F-E-Y? Yeah, yeah. It's Jack or John Coffee Hayes. That sounds right. That does sound right. So for the last two years, there has been a thing called the Draft Sharks Invitational. Adam created it. He thought for Draft Sharks, there should be a tournament. And everybody agreed. Everybody agreed. So there were six leagues of 12. We got a little bit, we were a little bit late in getting this thing launched this year, but they abandoned it. And we thought, let's keep it going. It's your thing, Adam, anyway. So we have four leagues of 12. And oh my God, putting these leagues together truncating 72 to 48 especially when almost everybody we know and look up to in the industry including yourself matt said yes i mean it's a free roll for some for maybe a main event ticket or at least a fantasy pros and so here we are and adam can show the spreadsheet that i wrote up of the four divisions here are the four divisions of the 2023 deep end invitational Drafts will begin, and I hope, Matt, air on the Player Profiler Network August 21st through the 24th. Adam and I are willing to host, by the way, so don't worry about whether you're free those nights. He and I will do it. Okay, here we go. I see you on the Tuesday draft with such dignitaries as Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, Wayne McFarlane, Rich Rebar, Scott Fish, the Go Bills team who are watching tonight, Bob Harris, the venerable Bob Harris. J.J. Zacharyson, Hillard Newsom, Death Dealers. That's going to be Theo and either Andrew, J.D., or Dan Williamson, Goat District, Britt Flynn, oh. and Billy Muzio. That's the Tuesday draft. <laughs> what? I mean, but before you get too upset, <laughs> check out the other ones. I mean, whatever. Yeah. So this Sad. will be the third year of Whoa. this tournament. Whoa. And again, it's been cut into by a third, and we're, uh, we wish fourth, we could have had everybody. Mike, fourth, fourth, fourth. Fourth you year. got look, you got Mike Beers. You got you, you came out of retirement. We got Mike Beers. The first year, Pat, Pete, not, Pete not Overzet Pat. won. Pete, Pete, sorry, sorry, Pete. And those were our first ever episodes of the Deep End. The first one we ever did had Pete on it. I didn't know who he was. Like now, I like him a lot. Didn't know who he was. He won the first year. The second year was Chad Schroeder. Oh, Adam finished second out of seventy-two. He's in the Wednesday draft. Brutal. Last year, John Scuderi won. He's also in the Wednesday draft. I finished second out of 72 by five points last year, <laughs> although it would have been more had the Bills-Bengals game been played. So, uh, Matt, thoughts before we do the draft I, this order? Is, this is incredible. Who are the death dealers? Uh, uh, Hillard. Hillard's a, listen, Hillard's a fret. He's been playing high stakes. See, the great thing about this tournament is we've brought in 
analysts, famous analysts from all over the world, but also really good high stakes players that Jesus nobody Christ. knows about. Like, for example, John Scuderi won the whole thing last year. He's he won the FFPC main event like four years ago with one team. So like people don't know. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. This is this is yeah. Adam's this is Adam's genius or oh, import here is like this, he knows this, both. He this, knows both. So the whole point at 72 teams was this is the hardest tournament there is. And now it's that much harder. I mean, look, oh my God, I'm going against the ship chasing crew, the whole crew, Ian Harditz, Jared. I mean, it's just like, come on, it's not even fair, but everybody should think that. So what we're going to do now is if you're watching and you're, well, you're watching or else who am I talking to? <laughs> um, the letters on the left are your letter. If you see your name on the right, that's your letter. I'm going to go to random.org. I have that screen. There it is. I've got Before, it. We'll, we'll go back. I'm going to push draft positions. Draft position. So draft position. If you, Adam, if you would go back to the grid, everybody on the same row will have the same draft position. So it's four different divisions. And so, for instance, row A, Jared, <laughs> Darren, Austin, Todd, they'll all have whatever. If, if A comes up in sixth in the draw, they'll all pick sixth. So every, yeah. and these were all just at random. This was me last night finalizing the groups and DMing Adam, like, here's who we got. So these are, these names are in no particular order that's meaningful. They're just sort of, are we ready? Have I talked oh, long yeah. enough? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Can you see the arrow? Yes. Randomize. It's on. It's on randomize. I see it. One time. Right. Ready? Go. Yep. Nothing. Oh, there it is. Okay. So, Adam, will you type them in? Yeah, I'm gonna do it right here. Tell me about it. D H G. This is not an eye test. No, I'm just. I'm just putting the numbers next to. What? I'm, D one. Yep. H H H two. Okay, Matt, and I, I would, I would actually. Uh, the, 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 then it was if F. F, F off, is next. F is next. If you, if you dropped off at some point, I wouldn't. I would. F is next. You. F is next. G, G F is, is third. G oh, is third. Shit. Oh no. Okay. Okay. The next three: A, E, K. Four. Mm. Five. Mm -hmm. K. Six. I don't even know what row I'm in. I'm over here. Big, this is the Rotoviz FFPC format. Everybody in this tournament needs to have an FFPC account. What yes. are you applauding? What are you applauding? What my pick. I, I'm finally in the top three Two. for the first time in my life. I'm second. I love it. It's a super flash tight end premium. Adam wrote this tournament to have the hardest rules. We sort of had to shift it to the the Rotoviz format, which is the closest we could find. Seven, eight, nine. L. C J seven eight. You're doing great. Nine. Oh yeah. Yeah, baby. Mm. What about F? What about my row? F <laughs> I B Fib. So F ten. Eleven. I All right. B. Twelve. Oh, I love it. I, I don't do? know. Am I I'm not I don't think I'm gonna get St. Brown at 10. I don't think he's gonna make it. I think he it's it's super flex. Oh, it's super flex. Never mind. Never mind. That, super flex. It's super. It's best ball. It's super flex. It's tight end premium. Oh god. It's start. It's start. It's not Scott. 
fish crazy. It's start three receivers, two flex, okay. one with super flex, tight end premium, best ball. That's it. Amazing. The best, the best format out there. Let, let's before we wrap, let's right now predict. Well, I'm on Rocky and I'm on Ron the way back then. Listen, don't because people are you don't want to tell them what you don't tell no, team. you you do you do you can change it. This is content. This is good content. Of course. <laughs> anyway. hard. Let's do it. Let's I put do the it. jacket back on. I'm on Ron. I'm on Ron or 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 bust. That's right. Oh. I'm on Raw in super flex tight end premium. You're gonna have to reach, right? Because he's not gonna be there between 15 and 30. No, it would be it would be Two. a reach. It would be a reach to pick him at fifteen. But thirty-three. Not, not a bad reach, though. No, you should do it. Not for the you should podcast. start golf, St. Brown. Golf, St. Brown. Not a, not a bad reach, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see what the we'll see. I, that the nice thing about being at ten is you get to measure the appetite of yes. quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Great point. Measure the appetite. I that what a way what a way to put that. Absolutely. I don't like being at three in soup because then you don't, you know, it's kind of like you have no idea. You just have to take the best quarterback available and just you have no idea. Right. Even at right. five, it's kind of like a weird place to be. You're like it, it you know, you could be you're like, I'm about to select the the, the last quarterback that's going to be picked in the next six picks. It's going to go all, you know, receivers and running backs after I pick this quarterback. You have no. So you get to sit back and see. Yes. Uh. You're in some of these super flex drafts, and in, the people are just—they're not messing around with quarterback, man. There's like ten out of the first twelve picks are quarterback. They're not messing around at all. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about pick two and maybe Josh Allen, and then I look up and I'm I'm sandwiched between Dave Hubbard and uh, Austin <laughs> Martin and Scott Connor. Like, <laughs> never mind. Can I can I get out of there, please? Are you oh, sure yeah. you're gonna go? You're gonna go Josh Allen over Hertz. Adam's gonna go Josh Allen over anybody. Yeah, if if it's super flex and Josh Allen's on the board, it's jo- it's it's Josh Allen. Ex- except Kyle Pitts, huh. he Ex- might pick Kyle. Pitts over Allen. But Listen, not, hold on. Okay, uh, this is my, this is my time. Oh. Josh Allen was the number one fantasy quarterback three years in a row. But wasn't for the Bengals Bills game, he would have been number one. You know, his weapons haven't gotten worse. Right, they haven't really gotten better, but they have. They haven't gotten worse. They're, they're starting to. They're starting to. It's starting to feel like he's post peak, isn't it? Oh, uh oh, we got enough is enough. Enough, Uh-oh. isn't you're, it? Matt, 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 you're, bra- you're breaking up. You're breaking <laughs> up. Can we talk about how the you're NFL is up. always adjusting, always adjusting, and it, 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 and Josh Allen is a couple years removed from that, like the super epic, efficient Josh Allen season. That's he had an elbow injury. Sadly, that segment yeah. has been lost to history. And also, I cannot put the hat on and have my hair go unnoticed <laughs> on this program. It also, it, it'd be nice to have. I mean, this is a this is this is a fantasy show, but it'd be nice for him to get behind. You know, the Chargers' offense, the Bengals' offense, the Eagles' offense. The you know, there's a, about twelve offenses that have better uh, weapons in the. I, listen, Allen, I mean, Gabriel Davis. I mean, it's Ooh. not a, it's not great behind on Diggs. I, I agree. NFL teams bracketing Stefan Diggs, spying on Allen. And he's now he's getting a little older. Now he's 27. They can't be de- calling all these design rushes anymore. They know that that's breaking him down. They know that's part of the reason why that they, they faded is because they, they just cannot continue to run him into the line for these three-yard gains. You, Mike, you, it drives you crazy when they call those plays, right? I mean, No, we, it's Mike's we, favorite play in the NFL. 
we talk. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. Thing. It's the, we talked about this on your show, but maybe I was moving. I was changing rooms when it, when it came up. Allen running is sort of free first downs. Listen, no, 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 I want him to drop back, and then when it's not there, run. He that's when he's at his best. Improvisational Josh Allen is the best. Yeah, just the designed runs, the just snap it and run, you know, off tackle. That's just that's the best way to get him hurt. And in the playoffs, they kept trying that and getting three yards every time. It was really frustrating. Cup couple things. He got hurt in the pocket throwing. The people actually forget he he had like the same Uh-oh. injury Brock Purdy had. Brock Purdy didn't throw a pass after the injury. Josh Allen didn't miss a a a, a snap after the injury. The guy's elbow was falling off. Uh, he got hurt in the pocket throwing. He's watched Jalen Hurts just fall forward for three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Like he's like I could do that times ten. I'm a better athlete than Jalen Hurts. Listen, I'm 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 not arguing Hertz over Allen for fantasy. I'm just saying in this tournament, plus Allen's way easier to stack too. By the way, for basketball. wait, the, no, you are. Argument. This is an argument. It's an absolute argument. Uh, you, you, should, you should absolutely. I love this argument. Allen's easier what, to stack. Also, what are you doing tomorrow? Allen's easier to stack. Well, in Superflex though, is he easier to stack in Superflex? Not really, right? Maybe che- he's cheaper either. Either way, Gabe Davis goes from what the seventh round to the twelfth round. You, you then, have to, the, you, the problem is you have to draft Gabe Davis. <laughs> well, you <laughs> that's the that issue. can work. Anything can work. That can work. You have to you have to get the right slot receiver. You have to get Kincaid. Yeah. In this tight end premium too. Kincaid has been a smash so far. In, What's uh, Kincaid's? Let's look it up right now on Player Profile because we have we have the FFPC ADP, so we can look up Kincaid's ADP on on. Uh, I want to I want to look this up right now. Look at I, I I bet I bet it's I bet it's a good a good value on Kincaid. In FFPC. Yeah, he's currently going at uh eleven thirteen. Yeah. Yep. That's Bare knuckle, going. by the way, September seventh. Bare knuckle. Uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, See you there, Matt. Yeah. Are, you, are you going to Vegas this year, buddy? I'm not going. Oh. I'm not sorry, guys. Sorry. Apologies. I'll wear a war on drugs hat in the bare knuckle if you. Uh, <laughs> so hey, you know this way, yeah. So we got John Coffee Hayes. We got war on drugs. I'm cool. I'll, I'll, I'll make I'm a John cool Coffee tonight. Hayes T-shirt and a war on drugs hat in the bare knuckle. Yeah, oh. I'm glad. Do you, do you guys know the war on drugs? Of course. I mean, yeah. Ronald Ronald Reagan or what? Like, what's the no. No, the band. Oh, oh I don't. I'm, I'm too young. I'm too young I for just, that. I just got too young for that. <laughs> yes, Ronald Reagan did have a war. On, I remember that. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? It was, about? It was Ronnie, Nixon. Ronnie it was Nancy. Nixon's. Ronnie and Nancy. Here. I'm old enough to remember Ronnie and Nancy's war on let, drugs. Let me be 51 for a minute. It was Nixon's game, but Reagan picked it up. They're both oh, from California. Sorry. Reagan picked it up from. Also, oh, now, Every, now he's, everything's he's, he's really you're now Mike is you're sorry uh, you just laid over you turned the, the card over man on it's us. the deep end we, we thought deep we end. were we thought we were showing off <laughs> our 80s knowledge <laughs> and were. then you went 70s you were off. that's right you know yeah. who right, is so you Richard guys, M. Nixon? you guys I think in Superflex man I I think it's easy to stack Hertz I mean it's I, easy okay let me take it back it's easy but it's still way more expensive. It's still way, way more. Brown and Devontae are right there. I think yeah. that you're, you'll find that in Superflex, Devontae Smith's going to slip. So it's Brown. He's going to slip into like the fourth well, round. So what? So I'm Wednesday night. So I'm the third draft. So I'll watch you guys. I'll watch your drafts and see where all these guys are going. Is it Matt you admit it's trend? close with, with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a debate. 
Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Hertz is my one on one. Hertz is my one on one. Thank you. you. Okay. Oh wow, we have a real. I like this. You know what I love about Hertz is that he seems to be the reason why they're that the the Eagles are able to do whatever they want in the draft and in free agency. Right. That he has the locker room on lockdown, unlike any quarterback since Brady. And I think that's a real asset to the franchise where they're like, yeah, we have guys that are drag racing and we just, you know, these kids are troubled and these kids have bad attitudes. DeAndre Swift, bad attitude. We don't care. Hertz will, Hertz will, you know, get them all rowing in the same direction. It's cool. Right. He's got a football field at his house and he's got, I don't know. It's kind of like, he's almost like a, like a, like Dak Prescott, but like bigger and better in every way. Right. He can beat them all in arm wrestling. And oh, what sure. more power move is there? Like, you know, man to man, I can, no matter what position you play, I leg press. We won't, we won't even do that because I'm in the six hundreds, but I can, you know, there was be, a I senior bowl, my first senior bowl in 2020. It was Justin Herbert, Jalen hurts, Jordan love. They were Too all up. at the, they were all at that senior. The, the receivers were chase Claypool Michael Pittman, the best receiver there was a fellow named Denzel Mims. No, Antonio Ryan. Antonio Gibson was there. Restore it the roof. It was a pretty. It was it was a star studded Senior Bowl. I'll tell you that right now. Who, who do you guys like? At uh, would, I, I was debating the best second round receiver from this draft for fantasy. Uh, it, do you think because of the Tim Patrick injury that that it might be Marvin Mims? I think it already was. Uh, when okay. Sean Payton trades up and he's got a new team, Marvin Mims is my, my most owned receiver and underdog already. So I would say that. Um, I'm about to do a sleeper receiver video and Mingo, I have Mims on there. Mingo, though. Mingo is like pick 38, 39. Carolina was super early. Oh, here's the face. Listen, who else? Terrace Marshall. Oh, okay. Why not? Terrace Marshall. Basically, there's all these. Remember how everyone loved Terrace Marshall? Like they love like they love uh, Quint, uh, Quinton Johnston right now. And they love Chenault like that. I mean, yeah, they, 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 they love they love these guys. And then but sometimes they stick around and actually grind it out and actually get better. You know what's nice about Terrace Marshall? Is I haven't heard anything about him off the field or anything about his attitude, which is good. Right. So usually those guys that are, you know, they come out early and then they're like a Kayshawn booty, like where they just, you know, they flame out and they, you know, there's all this talk about work ethic and attitude. None of that with Terrace Marshall. I just think the bottom line was he just wasn't a a refined player. Two questions. he, He may have been put if he's been putting the work in behind the scenes. Then and he has the athleticism, and there is no one else there. You know, Jonathan Mingo, we know for a fact, couldn't separate in the SEC, right? And that they're already talking about how do we protect him, how do we move him inside? And it's like, wait, you drafted a guy that's like 6'3, 220, and you already have a bunch of guys that need to be moved inside, like Chenault and Thielen. The last thing you're gonna do is you drafted a guy in the early second round with that kind of size so that he could play outside. If you're trying to figure out ways to protect him, then you you were focused on all the wrong details when you're selecting a senior. He didn't come out. He didn't early declare. 
He's not super athletic. He wasn't impressive in college. The advanced metrics on separation and that wasn't there. And then he wasn't impressive at the senior bowl either. So I don't understand what they were thinking. I also, I don't, I don't know what Carolina was thinking, uh, drafting a, a five, nine quarterback either with the one one and trading everybody and like, Hey dude, DJ Moore, no problem. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, Car- Carolina screwed, screwed it, that up. It, it doesn't, they, the thing is with Carolina, all they had to do was just keep doing what they were doing. They had a great draft the year prior, right? They had this awesome new offensive line. That's mauling people, and that's which was kind of makes Miles Sanders, I think, interesting because their offensive line's so good. And the defense is the best defense in the division, right? All they had to do is just keep incrementally building. But the, the problem is you get this, you know, hedge fund equity holder coming in, and he's like, We gotta start making moves, man. We, this is wall, this is I gotta this we gotta run this thing like our wall, a Wall Street firm, you know. Oh, Tepper. Right? Yeah, that's the problem. If they had just had like a, you know, an old money, you know, NFL equity holder that was just kind of like letting whatever happen. Yeah, they would have. They actually wouldn't have screwed themselves. And like, I mean, they didn't even have to give up DJ Moore in that trade. It was already an overpay. I agree. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Last last thing I'll say about Marvin Mims being the best receiver in this class. Do you guys remember? That four in the class, I just said the second round. Oh, I thought this was your okay. That's way better. Thank God. It's not that different. Well, because I was gonna say I was gonna make a funny joke about the huge monster game he had against Alabama, four touchdowns, three hundred yards. But that that wasn't him. I was gonna Jalen Hyatt. That was Jalen Hyatt. That's my guy. But Matt, Matt, every one of our every one of our shows, we want to make sure we're not being rude. Any questions for us? Any question? Well, yeah, I've been asking you guys. Quite. I did ask. That's a well, question. Have. Any, any more? I have been, another we, question. We want to make sure guys, we're not you asking you all the who questions. Is, but... uh, okay, we know one of these first-round wide receivers, at least one, probably two. The odds are, you guys know the probabilities, right? We Half do. these first-round wide receivers are never going to get to a thousand yards in a season. Correct. You know, it's late first round. These are all twenty to twenty-three, so it's a little bit biased like by round like the first pick of this drew Brees was the first pick of the second round right well well, well, well you're helping my argument because if it's a a year where you have multiple top 10 picks like waddle and chase it still right. works out right every yeah. year you're you're yes you're gonna have some years where it's all josh doxons and Corey coleman's <laughs> who's that Mickey Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle card. Well, I was showing Adam. I, I texted Adam earlier. I had to show him that. So, all right. So, but, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is, at this time of the year, it's always good to remind ourselves that half of these first-round wide receivers are going to bust. And the majority of the second-round wide receivers are going to bust. That's just what happens. How many went right? in round two? Well, I think that there's two guys in round two that are actually really good. Rice and Mingo? Jaden Reed. Yes, Reed. Mims. Yes, Reed, okay, those Reed. guys are actually really good, right? Yeah. So, uh, and and Reed usually a guy that's this old, like Jaden Reed, is red flags galore. But it's because he moved up in conference. That's good, right? He's not. He's not. He didn't get chased out of his conference. He didn't get chased out of his team, like you know Zach Charbonnet or or uh, oh, Evans, wow. Zach Evans. Wow. 
you know, guys that transfer because they can't hang with, you know, Ooh. they can't hang with Kendra Miller. So you got to run the away. It's the 14th round and I've been punched out. It's they so couldn't lame. hack it. Oh my god! They Matt, what do you do? No, but but you're trying to move up in in competition, and then you have the COVID year. So there's a bunch of things that happened to 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 read. But when you actually wind back the clock all the way back, when he was 18, he was a stud at Central Michigan. So I mean, I I re- I look for that. Like what we found with the Breakout Finder app is that you know early career, uh, you know. Freshman, especially freshman production, Marvin Mims had it. Jaden Reed had it. But another thing that Jaden Reed has had every year is quality on special teams. Special teams is an indicator that you're just good at football. It's the Cooper Cup corollary. Okay, Cooper Cup had like 2,000-plus special teams yards at Eastern Washington. He's just great at football. He has great football instincts. Reed puts up 1,000 yards. Uh, at Michigan State as a junior with 10 touchdowns and 600 plus special teams yards, right? And in his fresh, true freshman year, he put up 800 yards as a true freshman with eight touchdowns and 300 plus uh, uh, special teams yards. It was actually Western Michigan, all apologies. Antonio Brown. Yeah, Western Michigan, not Central Michigan. Uh, Antonio Brown, I believe, was Central Michigan. That's what I, I thought you said that before. Antonio Brown was Central Michigan, and Corey Davis was Western Michigan. Yes. Yes. So that's KJ re- Osborne was UB, then Miami. Yeah. So the was uh, he? He was UB. Yeah. Yes. I did not know that. But not on the same level. Well, right. actually, and Antonio Brown was supposed to go to Miami, and then he ended up at uh, Central Michigan. Nice. Because there was even going all the way back to his time and- in high school. The, he was uh, he was struggling, and there's uh, a good chance right now he's in Miami, right? With, his, with you know he he was alienating coaches and teammates. He's been doing it for many many years, Matt. Uh, but but anyway, the the bottom line is yeah, I think that if I have to pick two two receivers from the second round that are going to hit, it's going to be Reed. But my problem with Reed is, and it's a question I have. So one, I have two questions actually. First round, if you had to pick. One, just give me one. It's probably going to be two, but give me one receiver from the first round you think is going to bust. Oh, Addison. Like bust forever or bust th- th- this year? No, he's just never going to get to 1,000 yards. He's never going to have a 200 fantasy point year. He's never going to get to 1,000 yards. I mean, you, you're you going to say Quentin Johnston. I, I know your your uh, thing, but um, Addison <laughs> is, my, is my guess. Uh, Transfer... People love him right now because of the opportunity, the situation. I mean, I don't know. I would, I would go with Addison as well. Addison is the next guy. So if I had to pick two, it would be Addison and Quentin Johnston. You're Johnston and, one. Yeah, well, Johnston's just because he can't play. So I read your terrible. song. Yeah, I mean, he's terrible. Like, he can't play at all. Like, uh, here's my, my the best anecdote I have for, for Quentin Johnston was that Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch was at the pro day. And I don't know if you've been these pro days, but you know, the, the quarterback play can be shaky and it, and it, it, it hurts the, it can hurt the wide receiver quite a bit. Uh, it just depends on who the quarterback is. Um, and they, luckily Duggan's the quarterback. And he was at the senior bowl. Wasn't good at the senior bowl. Max but, Duggan. Yeah. Max Duggan was there and he was on fire. So Max Duggan was playing great. And he, and he had three, in the can 
like, you know, fish in a barrel, 50 yard bombs. Quinton Johnston clanked all three in a row on the ground, dude. On the ground. Adam should be the quarterback. Oh, Adam, Adam plays high level flag. Dude, this guy, if he can't get his forearms on the ball and pin it to his body, it's it's not getting caught. He is going to have, mark my words, like Brashad Perriman, his gloves are going to take up his whole arm by the time he's out of the league. (laughs) If I felt, if I felt the way you did, which is, I mean, plausible about Johnston, I would bet the under on the Chargers because the other receivers are old and they get hurt. And I would bet. Like if if Johnson doesn't make it, I'm on the under on the Chargers. If he does, I'm on the Chargers to win the they whole. They had thing. Addison, but you're right though. You're right in that it is a red flag on Jordan Addison's profile that he transferred away from Kenny Pickett, and then when he got to USC, there's been a lot of excuses about that he's right. playing through injuries and had to adjust, and it got there with a week before the season started, and blah 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 blah. The bottom line is he took a huge step back after transferring from Pitt to USC. That is, by definition, by all accounts, a red flag on his profile. He's However, like MV- MVS. I he mean, was always so a good, a good that year with Kenny Pickett. One of the best seasons I've ever seen in my entire life. Where I'm talking about up there with like Brandon Cook's final year at Oregon State. You guys remember that year? Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Insane. Not Chad right. Johnson, but still good. I mean, we're talking special teams. He was 200 special teams yards, close to 1,600 receiving yards. And part of it was picket. But if you watch those, you know, those, that, those picket highlights, it's like, oh, Addison's sick, right? But the problem is it's an easy bet because he's never going to be the number one. So there's no right. path for him to Correct. be the number one. So this, it's already Ever. probabilistically difficult for him because he's, <laughs> he's going to have to make all this hay as the as the auxiliary option there and then so i think that's a smart that, that's a smart call to say you know yeah. addison because guess who's not gonna bust jefferson it's zay flowers well okay zay so, flowers to me is is become the the you know the best stack is actually lamar jackson zay flowers because i like that matt I it's like one that. of the very few stacks where the quarterback goes before the team's alpha receiver. And it's the only case where a top 10 quarterback goes before the team's alpha receiver. Most of these teams, you know, the Bengals, both, both receivers go before the quarterback, even with the chargers, both receivers go before Justin Herbert. So the, the beauty is if you get Lamar, you have Lamar and then you, you auto get a discount on Zay and any receivers. Right. Because someone might someone might get someone might get Andrews, but you're the only one that's really in the market as a from a stacking standpoint for Zay Flowers. So you're probably going to get a half around discount on him when it comes back around you where the discount on a quarterback. Yeah. If you have CeeDee Lamb, you need to be looking out for where the Brandon Cooks person is drafting and and certainly that's like next level best ball in in draft strategy is to always be if you have Chase where's the Higgins drafter and so on when you're going to to take Burrow but yeah I 
you know, I, I stopped reaching for these stacks, these quarterback stacks long ago, because I, when I realized like I'm competing against myself for this guy. Yes. Right. It's really me and one other guy that even gives a shit about this quarterback in this round. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to bid against myself to get him. And it's this unique situation we have with Lamar and Zay flowers where Odell's upside is what 800 yards. That's his absolute max where it's probably like, he's probably going to retire before the season's even over. Right. And we have Rashad Bateman has no practice, no rapport, no integration into the offense until the season starts. As much as I love Rashad Bateman, he's going to start slow. The one guy we know is going to start fast because he's going to be on the field right away. And he's been, building that rapport and the trust with the coaches and the players throughout preseason is Zay flowers and Zay flowers as a rookie is only going to get better as the season goes on and maybe has one of those Christian Watson months. Right. So that is that to me, Lamar Zay flowers is my favorite stack. And I think, I think it's a good point about the quarterback thing. And I think that the T Higgins, Jamar chase thing was a good point about how usually they're, they're going around the same owner because chase, goes at like two or three and Higgins goes at the two, three turn. So usually sometimes it is the same owner, but sometimes that's why Burrow goes a little bit higher, but with the injury a little bit lower, Michael thoughts. I have not washed my hands, but I am so proud of tonight and happy about it. I'm excited about our tournament. It's August, which fantasy player is not over the moon these days. Adam Podfather, what a delight and an honor it's been tonight. Thank you. Podfather. Not that anybody watching this show doesn't know, but if you would indulge us, where can we follow you and watch you? At Fantasy underscore Mansion on uh, Twitter. I'm about to launch a thread, which is based on my, uh, my show my, tonight. My, my favorite, uh, my, and I'm about to drop a video on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, on my favorite uh, running back uh, handcuffs. I can just, spoiler alert, I'll just tell you who's number one. By the way, by the way, you know what the worst part about doing these videos for YouTube where you have to produce them is that you do the video and then you work with a producer. And then the very next day uh, you're talking about Jerome Ford. He has a hamstring injury. Yeah. Right? And, and, uh, and, and I can't go back and reshoot the video. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt coming to town. Right. So I'm just like, so I'm like, Hey, let's just put up a graphic that says, enjoy the ADP discount because I'm not reshooting this thing. We're all in on, on Jerome Ford. We're just going to wish him the best. Hope he comes back. It, it doesn't sound like they're uh, bringing in and uh, shopping for running backs. So they believe that the, the hamstring injury is not that serious. So Good. we're still all in. And then I also, I also was, was breaking down uh, Kendra Miller and then they're bringing in uh hunt and then somehow didn't sign hunt. So I was like, listen, back to back days, this video is becoming completely useless. I almost threw it in the trash <laughs> because of this God, all these every day. They're just like, it's a conspiracy. To like, is this how we can follow you? What's happening destroy right my now? video. But no, Kendra Miller is safe. Jerome Ford's going to be back by the end of preseason. We're all good. And I'll spoiler alert my favorite. And this guy's going so late. It's absolutely insane. My favorite non-starter running back. I'm not going to say handcuff because this guy really isn't a handcuff. Well, there's two. Number two is Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Kenneth Gainwell, because 
it in my earlier days, I would have been all in on DeAndre Swift, just blinders, right? Just cognitive dissonance. I don't care that coaches hate him and he's a knucklehead. I don't care. I love the talent. I love the efficiency metrics. And I'm just going to keep pushing that button. And I'm just not going to think about his, the fact that he, he got traded for a late round pick swap. Right. A fourth round pick essentially is what they get, get traded for. So now uh, we have a, a, a Kenneth Gainwell who is already with with DeAndre Swift in, in, in preseason. It's Gainwell getting the two minute drill work. It was Gainwell getting a 50% snap share against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Okay. And is Gainwell going in like the 16th round at the FFPC? It's absolutely ridiculous. Where'd he go? Oh, I think he dropped off. Oh, no, whatever. Keep, 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 keep going. Did, 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 does Mike hate Gainwell? No, I love Gainwell. No, I think he had to, I don't know. He's, no, he's back. Oh, I don't know. Is he back? Mike, Mike, do you hate Gainwell? Loves Gainwell. He doesn't have his. You better. You. I think you. I think you. When we talked about you, love Gainwell. He loves Kenneth. You Kenneth love Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. I do, but I'm so tired. I've been to the bathroom and. Oh, you want the show to end? Which? Okay. No, which, which? 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 Which player profiler show is sitting in the green room for 22 minutes waiting for us to wrap? Is don't there one? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't hope, know. Is I there one? That. I don't think there is. If there's no. not, I'll get a I'll get a refill and I'll hear you talk about out of here. My on. favorite no, no, late no, round wait. running back is Go not slow. Kenneth Gainwell. He's my Go second slow. favorite. My favorite's Roshan Johnson. I love all those guys. And when you go zero RB, you can take them all. I love zero RB. I'm Mr. Zero RB. You are? I'm Mr. Zero. This year I am. I was zero RB Judas. I hit it zero RB a couple of years ago. That's this what year, I thought. Yeah, this year you can get Cam Akers. You can get Rashad White, you can get Kenneth Gainwell, Kendra Miller. I mean, I, I the list goes on and on and on, all the way down to Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson's going to be a stud this Love year. Love it. This he was, year. He, he was just this stuck. Year, so much value at running back this year. He was just stuck behind Bijan at Texas, right? I love it. He was the 1B. Yeah. Everyone at Texas yes. tells Roshan? you, will tell you, Roshan. that there was, it was close between those two guys. Are we going to have to pay 50, like, overtime for the last 20 minutes? Are we good? No. No. I, I think he'll – no, not – who's – they're they're fine. Don't worry about them. We're good. Who? Whoever's after us. I don't think anyone's after you. Was it Tom I, Snyder? You're before us. Guys, I'm done. I, I'm done. I, I've got all my takes out. And, I, and Matt, <laughs> we have all the same, the same takes. I literally love them. I, I have all well, those guys. We'll, we'll find I one. I can't believe more people aren't going zero about. RB. I mean, I, I love it this year. They will. Can't, I, we're, I'm going zero RB in the draft. No. Deep end invitational. You have Pod to. Father. That's the thing. In Superflex, okay. you need to make a decision to be weak somewhere. You might as well be running back. Yes. Mike, send us off. Thank you, Podfather, for everything. Your uh, partnership with us and your support and your takes and your participation in the deep end invitational the first ever coming up in two weeks follow deep end ff1 for updates on that should be amazing for adam krautwurst giraffe guy he's busy now so if you're in ffpc drafts you'll see giraffe guy like uh-oh in Watch fact out. that happened to me last week and <laughs> i wasn't that worried actually when i evaluated <laughs> the drafts it seemed to go very well I'm like, that's not really him, right? It's like an Elvin Silva on uh, Evan Silva on underdog situation. That's probably not Adam, but it actually was. That's right. So we're up one. I'm Mike Shope at Shope Talk. I'll be on WGR tomorrow at three, four hours every day. 
See you next week in the deep end. See you guys. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.